In our world so fixated by celebrity, Vocal Portrait celebrates the everyday wisdom discovered in the everyday people you meet on the street. Each of us has something to say, something to share, and something to learn, no matter where we are from, where we are at, or where we are going. Our rich and famous don't have an exclusive deal on inspiration and wisdom. So with a 20 minute discussion, interview, or conversation available each week with somebody from around the world, Vocal Portrait will open the window on those you may never get to meet. While at the same time, offering the interviewee a window into their own souls, if they choose to look. Vocal Portrait, a place where you can say what you believe and allow those who listen to make up their own mind. The question is this, will you run the risk of being heard? Like with the, with the schooling, you know, in Sweden they don't go to school until they're seven. See, I've heard this. Yeah. Um, please sort of expand more on that because I, I do believe there's some level of spiritual benefit. Well, in Sweden and Norway, I suppose, and maybe in, in Scandinavia, the although I couldn't, you know, go into detail, the basic um, rule is that kids. They don't go to school until they're seven. They start school at seven. And all the time before that, they've been able to play and develop their language skills and their, you know, I mean, kids, you know, Jackson's not been to nursery yet, he's three. And he's, you know, he's counting and he's doing, he's recognizing letters. And, you know, you find yourself just saying, oh, you tell him words and you teach, you just do. By, by trying to communicate at all, you have to impart this knowledge you've been passed on. So a lot of learning goes on anyway up until this point. Now, Harry had to go into this like he was four and went into school. He got into the local school down the road a couple, a couple of years ago. And, you know, he's got the uniform on and all this stuff and he was really nervous. And you sit there and there's 33 kids. You Don't do this. Don't get up. Don't walk in the line. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, you know, something's really... I mean, playtime's good. But because you're just playing, because suddenly it all stops, and they think, oh, that's exciting. So they'll look forward to the point when all that telling, 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 don't do, don't, no, no, don't this, no, don't, you mustn't know, always make sure you, you know, and then that stops, and then they can play. And I think, I don't know, it doesn't seem very balanced to me. And it, the, as far as I can, as I've heard, the academic standards in Scandinavia are certainly as high at that age, if not higher, for for not having been, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, these last couple of years where they're trying to get kids schooling really young, it's maybe a mistake, so I think they're going to change it, you know, so they experiment on a whole generation of human beings, and it's like, mm, that didn't really work, and <clears throat> we'll change it back again, or change it to this, we'll try this this time. I mean, I'm sh for some kids it probably does work, you know, there are probably some probably a whole bunch of children that really works when they learn all this you know you see there are some children you see them playing the violin and they've been playing it since they were three and they're amazing you know they're like 17 and they're ridiculous yeah. Japanese sort of amazing master and but then you know they're probably not all happy happy you know it's it's difficult you know, and you have to you know you have to accept 
that you're socially bound by the rules of your society and your environment. You know, if you unless you move and go somewhere else, and then you'll be bound by some other rules. You know, I'm, I suppose I'm quite interested in the things that people have in themselves that aren't really connected to that. You know, there are some things that people feel that if they just said it, they would feel and they'd probably like it would be the same maybe as every single other human being on the planet, you know. And I think those feelings get lost really and, you know, it's quite the society is quite divided because there's so many people and it's only a little thing really and everyone can see it's, it's full, you know. There's a lot of people on it and there's a lot of problems on it. I mean, in America, when I've travelled over there, there's so many people hadn't even been out of their state, you know what I mean? Didn't have a passport. They didn't know where anything in Europe was in relation to each other. And they didn't really know the geography of America, and North America. And, you know, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different. I mean, I heard that Mr yeah. Bush hadn't left the US or even the uh, Texas prior to becoming leader of the supposed free world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He'd never actually been anywhere. <laughs> 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 and yet you're going to yeah. sit him down with a Russian, uh, a man from China. Yeah, with a whole different thousands of years, of, like not 300, like 3,000 <laughs> years of Kung Fu and all this <laughs> And he's still, you know, it's really different, you know. It's, and I think it's true. I mean, I think America's amazing because it's so young and it's so powerful after such a short amount of time. It's a it's a accumulation of all the different needs and desires of all sorts of different people from around the world. And they've tried to find it in this new place a few hundred years ago. And they've kind of, in a way... The growth of it and the power of it and the, you know, and all the kind of Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse and Jimi Hendrix and Robert Johnson and Jackson Pollock, I think, oh my God, yeah, it's all in there, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, but this it's gruesome as well. You know, you go there and it's it's pretty grim and it's there for you to see when you travel. Like, we've driven through uh, South Chicago. Okay. Before, to. Uh, we come to an airport, like O'Hara Airport, or something. All we wanted to go to, we had to go to some other one. And so we had to drive through the. No, we had to leave from O'Hara Airport in Chicago for a gig, for some gigs we were doing. Yeah. Through the band I used to be in. And so we, we've been driving on this tour. So we drove, drove up through the south of Chicago. And it was the, it was the roughest place I've ever been in my really? life. In like I've been in that big thing in Peckham, you know, that goes on for miles. Yeah. I've been in there and that's grim, you know, like if you're there at the wrong time of night, you sort of, you know, cabs don't want to go in there. This place was, literally there were, you know, there were no, certainly no police. All the liquor stores or whatever on the corners were all open. This is sort of three in the morning. And there were grey-haired, cracked mothers walking along with little one-year-old babies. You know, like like it was a festival. You know, like in a festival, people were just walking everywhere. Like, you know, just hanging around on the street. Kids running about with their bikes, and you know, people just you know, rude boys all just hanging about and doing their thing. And people car, you know, 
characters and people just all about all a total free for no police for any of the time that we went through the whole area just in all the liquor stores were all open you know and people would stand there with drunks and they were their round bags and and it was three in the morning and there were kids, loads of kids like little kids is what usually you think that's weird you know kids don't be out and just kind of walking around in the middle of like a pretty big road what does that tell you i mean why would a society a caring humane society allow something like this not only to begin but to continue well it's it, it what it looked like to me was like a whole bunch of people who've you know a whole general you know generations of people actually even in that one journey through that part of town on that one night all sorts of generations of people who've been neglected they've been left outside of the out you know out in the other zone you know the other zone that you don't worry too much about that and it's not too near to the stuff that needs to actually make things happen so you don't worry about it too much and they'll just you know they'll do what they got to do um and they've just been left there and it's just kind of because no one was no one was acting like it was not normal normal. you know what i mean it was all everybody was acting like that was totally normal and we were like you know this is really serious you know this was a you know somebody had said to us you don't don't stop at all don't stop at the red lights don't stop any you know just don't stop and we were like you shut your having a laugh you know this can't be that bad <laughs> he stopped at red light and people just stretched like zombies doing it coming straight up to the car like pulling on the you're joking like, yeah he's like pulling on the door yeah pulling on the and we just drove through the light like oh yeah, yeah we need to go because you don't want some, you know, you just don't need all that. You know, and you're, as soon as they understand that you're not from there, then you might have something that could be useful and you don't know. Or yeah. You just don't know what's going to happen. They certainly didn't look like they had everything they needed by any stretch of the imagination. So, so who does this serve? Who does this... Who does it serve? Why Why are we so... And there were no white people as well, could you, I'll, I'll add. <laughs> all of them were all... <laughs> Uh, you know, African American people in that place. It wasn't a single white place, uh, which is another. It shows you also that you know you're you've got the segregation. And there's, I've been in other situations, like in Alabama, only a few years ago. But me and Sean were we went in. We were in Bessemer, Alabama, outside of. Uh, where were we, we We always used to go and play at the Nick okay. in. Um, uh, Main, that's what main town in Alabama. I forget. I'll remember it in a minute. <clears throat> and uh, we, but we, this night we played in this other. We stayed in this other little place outside of that. And in the, you know, it's Ku Klux Klan, KKK sort of graffiti. You know, around. I was like, wow, I've never actually seen a real. <laughs> instead of a swastika, it's that. Like, wow, you know. I would have left. <laughs> we, we couldn't leave and go anywhere. So we just closed the door and just hope for the best. You know, and. Uh, well, I did anyway. But <laughs> <coughs> the next morning, Sean and I thought, yeah, it can't be that bad. It's pretty desolate, you know, like some places in America. It's a big place still, and there's a lot of room left, amazingly, with all these people there. Um, I think that's why there's a lot of waste, building waste. You, know, you see these half-built buildings, half-built shopping malls, just kind of 
wasting away in a big expanse somewhere out in America because it's so huge. And we went out to find a diner or something so we could get some breakfast and a coffee. And we went into this place and we walked in. And there's Sean there, all white Irish and with his skin head, and there's me there with my dreadlocks. And we walked in, and it was like the record, like. <laughs> <laughs> On the left were all the white truckers, and on the right were all the the, the black truckers. You know, it was oh. a sort of truckers cap, and they all they absolutely they're all over there, and they're all over there. They weren't saying they weren't saying anything to each other. It's just like. And what year was this? Two thousand. Wow. Yeah, this is a few. This is two thousand and one. You know, this is it was totally divided and you know and all these guys are just trucking and they're all working and they're just like it's just never ch you know there may well have been some Martin Luther King thing but it never changed <laughs> you know they didn't it, not in this place you know so we walked through and we're like wow and we and the, and the weird thing was that I don't know if I'm sort of embellishing this as I, because I'm sort of losing my mind a bit but <laughs> it seems like there was a table sort of somewhere in the middle <laughs> Hilarious, really. So we sort of sat there, you know, and uh, and we're thinking, wow. And it was awful, terrible. So we got this chicken noodle soup, and it was all a bit cold. And oh, we thought, yeah, this is this is too much pressure, you know. It's too much pressure because although no one was having a problem with each other, they lived clearly with um, indifference and sort of opposite, silent opposition, you know, like, they're not doing it, they don't, they don't mind those guys sitting over there, and they don't mind those guys sitting over there, and they'll walk in, and probably, they're not going to do anything if they walk in through the door roughly at the same time, but they will go to their place, and they'll go to their place. So what's, yeah. what's the benefit of segregation, um, in that way? I, th I, th I think, it, the, the only benefit I, I can imagine if it was my country and I decided to segregate it and keep it segregated and keep, you know, Africans over there and, you know, Indi you know Mexicans over there, and you know, you get it all over the place. I mean, you sort of get it everywhere, really. Part of it is is uncontrollable. Part of it is just, uh, you know, like people want to be together. You know, I'm, I'm sure that, part, you know, I go to some places where there's a safety in numbers. Yeah. And, and that... And I think that what it is, is that's kind of encouraged. It's like, there's your space. You know, they did the sort of really gruesome thing of just shoving all the Indians, actually, like, lying loads of times and booting them off again and again, so there's nothing left. And that was long enough ago now where the whole country's grown a bit bigger. And um, I think the benefit would be that you you contain people by... It's like the Catholic Church thing. It's like this sort of... The fear factor yeah you know you can try and be a hero and say well i'm just gonna you know, i'm gonna do what i like you know you know there's no if you say that there's no there's no i don't believe in god i don't believe in all this crap and then you, but then you'll be slightly scared it's like oh, maybe there is. i don't know because i sort of had this weird experience the other day and i don't know like who can tell me you know i need, i want to know what's going on i want to know where i came from i want to know what it what it means some part of me wants to know what it means because humans are curious beings and they sort of they just strike they just kind of they just sort of go forward and reach for you know what i mean they just they want they go forward to attain and achieve and create and grow more and bigger and you know it's like that it's their 
you know that's the the, the sort of shape of their being and um <clears throat> so i think there's in a in a country segregation has a, has the purpose of containing any disruption really to the to the other plan you know because all the rules and laws somebody sits there actually writing and some guy actually <laughs> sits writing those things he, you definitely don't know what his name is you're listening to steve rock he, now he is the time said, we are now taking all our soldiers away and we're, we're lowering all our you'd be scared like, well, a, age, wouldn't you? <laughs> i was in austria um a couple of uh, i think it was about three or four weeks back and the taxi driver, Amin, Egyptian man, drove me right up to the, well, the Prime Minister's front door. Wow. Right? He drove me right, right up to it. He said, you know, there's no police outside. He goes, there's one policeman stationed inside. He goes, there's no crime here. You can walk the streets at night. Really? Um, and there's just no sense of hostility. Amazing. At all. And I'm sitting there thinking, why? How did they... How did it get there? How did they get there? Yeah. And there's a place that I believe are neutral. Mm. Don't have any army. Yeah, right. This is Egypt. No, no, no. The guy, um, Amin, was from I mean, Egypt. Was it, it, but the, where you were was well, a neutral place. Um, where I was is in Austria. Yeah, it's just in Austria, so v- Vienna. Um, and it was, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so my question is, how do we get to that place or can we even get to that place from where we are and I say we I mean someone like the UK can you imagine walking up to 10 down the street yeah. driving anywhere near There's 10 no down the street around. you just kind of walk up and have a knock on the door and yeah. see if anyone's in the because there's no you know and there's police I saw a few police walking around they're not heavily armed they're just yeah. you know and really? pe- they're just about and people are saying hi to I mean being yeah. who I am and you know, I notice when people notice me, mm. and the people out there saying, "Hi, oh, how are you doing?" These are Austrians that don't know me from Adam. Mm. But there's just no sense of, of fear, and I'm thinking, how did, did they get to that point, and how do how have we arrived at where we are? Yeah, well, it's you know, I, it's weird. When we were in, we were out seeing the family in Sweden this year. My dad was telling me that there was a point really not long ago where because Sweden's huge much bigger than the whole of Great Britain you know? like it's I mean, not like I suppose you could fit a couple of Great Britons in it or something you know but but there's more people in London than there are in Sweden right you know actually maybe it's not that much bigger. maybe Sweden and Norway together is that much bigger than Great Britain but you know there's loads more space to the person and people are more solitary and you know as you get up that much further north you get more you know like months of sunlight and months of darkness a bit more which can kind of put, put, you, put you in a different headspace for yeah. sure <coughs> and um, and he was saying that it was not long ago that there was they had to kind of instill this sense of um, of uh oneness in Norway, I think there was a king of Norway, like, only, I don't know, a hundred years ago or something, and everyone was, there was so much still just like, like farmers who didn't like some of the changes that were going on, would come up and they would like, sort of lynch the politician, you know, take him off in the car or whatever and chuck him in a river, you know, and there was nothing that could be done about it, and it was like, they couldn't sort of instill this 
element of togetherness and control. And I feel, I can't remember what they did in the end to do that. I think they, they, he had to sort of go to great lengths and really go and visit all the areas and travel a long way you know, for a long period of time to sort of get to all these people and do some things that they believed in for their land, which is obviously, they had a lot of it, you know, in the forest and yeah. whatever. And, um, and it made me realise that, well, there, and it's very, you know, it's pretty mellow, you know, it's just you can walk through the forest and walk out to these sort of amazing lakes and there's no, it's not manic and it's not, you know, people, there, you know, the, the, the Swedish king a few years ago, well, I mean, it's probably 10 years ago now, so I don't know, but he was assassinated, he was shot by some kind of rebel guy on his way to the cinema with his wife. I thought, Imagine the Queen going, just popping down to like pop down to McDonald's and then go and see the go go and see the Departed, like you know, just walking down the street. I thought that never happened. How did they do that? You know, how did it get? I was thinking the same thing you just asked. Like, and I think I don't know what it is, but I, mean, I certainly think that the fact that England has been this invaded sort of stop off trading island kind of convenient outpost place yeah it's like it's sort of got all this benefit somehow to so many people you know i mean i think to myself you can sort of see like with the wars that have gone on recent the more recent wars that we actually get have to get told about yeah like iraq and whatever um a lot of life is having your parameters set for you so yeah. as you go out into the world is set by the school and set by the church and set by the this and set by that and set by your environment but you've got to have your own parameters otherwise it's hard for you to have an actual effect that really on the world around you 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 define your own reality John man listen it's been awesome yeah it's really nice to talk to you it's great what an excuse to just <laughs> we will be doing it again. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to see. You. I'll probably just, it'll all be different, and I'll be like a total hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> totally change my mind. Yeah, I don't believe in any of that stuff anymore. Which is all right because we're always <laughs> it's moving. Fine, isn't it? Yeah, we don't know. You know, we're just trying to work it out as we go along, aren't we? Really. Where can people find you? Um, Keep in mind, it's just going out to the world. Well, if they want to look into the first bits of what I do that are out there. And go to www.hogmusic.com, which is a website I've got that's kind of always constantly progressing. And that's it's, it's music based. Um, it talks about the band I'm doing and the music I make. It's got a bit of music that I do on there that I've done. Um, it's got a little kind of interactive where you can write what you, what you want without it being edited. Um, a little forum. And then there's also a MySpace page which I use which is something that's not I'm not entirely in control of because you know if you write you know you can't swear on those things and you can't say what you want it's just sometimes good because you know maybe people will come across it and it might be bad for them but it's either way it's not it's a it's it's my space and it's very much music based and it, again it has a few songs on it's maybe possibly it's possibly a little less informative um and that's my that's by the way, that's www.myspace.com forward slash hogmusic, like the hogmusic.com. 
and that's more the interesting thing about MySpace is it's a controlled environment on the internet but everyone uses it all the time they just use it and even then they got their own so they all have their own little MySpace thing it's like they've just everyone's just done it they've just gone onto MySpace <laughs> and, they, and they talk and you know and they send people e- they send each other emails and they swap friends and it's, it's, it's quite a new weird thing you know and it's uh it's uh, that's it's another means of communication at the moment it's it's being gradually swallowed by the sort of hugeness of itself and corporation yeah. but it's still a new thing and it's a it's a it's a it's a quick easy means of communicating with people so that's another one i've got one of those as well awesome. just follow you know following the rest of the sheep you know <laughs> as i do I like to do. <laughs> uh, it's a good place. Listen, John, and this is this has been vocal portrait. You've been John Hogg, and you still are John Hogg, and you'll be John Hogg for a long time to come. Oh yeah, I hope so. You know I mean? um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to give you a call very yeah, soon. Yeah, nice one, Steve. Uh, good to talk to you, mate. Respect, John. Take care. Yeah, and you. Peace.